Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Future Footy Podcast. My name is Christian, guys, and I'm here with my other three co-hosts, Aldo, Chris, and Saul. And this week's edition, guys, is a very special edition because two of the four of us are actually with each other live and in person. I'm over here with my good friend Chris, while Aldo and Saul are still recording remotely, but it's all good, guys. We're still here, back after a week off due to the holidays, but we're back talking transfers, team of the year, and a bunch of other stuff, guys. But before we get into all of that, I want to see how all you guys are doing. So, Chris, I'll ask you first since you're to my left. How are you, man? Yeah, doing doing all right. Just getting on with the holiday, uh, with the holidays. Almost New Year's. I'm excited for that, and excited to have you here, right next to me. Although, what about you, bro? How you doing? How was the How was your holidays? It was uh, really good. Um, you know, th- that holiday for me was kind of needed, so it's good we took a break there. Uh, first of all, why you guys are in the same space? Look at all this COVID shit going on, and you guys are in the same space. I swear, irresponsible, <laughs> Bro, disrespectful. We're six feet apart with masks on, and we're both vaccinated. Getting my boots on Thursday, next Thursday. <laughs> Y'all make sure you do that. Wow. Swear, awesome. But either way, great to be back at it again. We'll see what happens this episode. You know, I'm doing good. You know, holidays. Uh, decent. Yeah, it's about it. I don't know what else to say. You know, just been bored. Not much to do here. But yeah, you know, overall, I'm doing good. Yeah, man. Glad to be back for another week after taking a week off. You know, I kind of miss talking football with my lads. So glad to be back on the podcast this week. So usually, guys, we kick things off with our biggest takeaway from the week. But honestly, it's been uh, two weeks since we met together again. And there's a lot we can say. So we'll just save it for later segments when we talk about transfers and whatnot. So we're actually going to jump into the Premier League as it is the only competition that is still kicking off over in Europe. You know, it's heating up. So, yeah, Premier League results, guys. Um, it's been a busy, busy few weeks, despite some matches being postponed with COVID. But, uh, no, it's kicking off, guys, and uh, I have the table pulled out right in front of me. So, Man City is still in first, Chelsea in second, Liverpool in third, Arsenal in fourth, um, and so on. So, I know there's been a lot of matches that we all want to talk about, but what are the, some of the key fixtures that you guys have noticed in the past couple of weeks, you know? I guess I'll start. Um, I guess Man City last year, that was a really good game. You know, they won a 6-3, total nine goals scored. But yeah, the, uh, you know, Man City usually struggles against Leicester, but they managed to pull out the win here, you know. Leicester almost pulled off the miraculous comeback, but City stuck it out till the end. Yeah, that was an entertaining one for the neutrals. I think another Leicester match that happened right after. Leicester versus Liverpool winning 1-0, right? Um, I think that was important in the title race. Just for Liverpool to drop points and Man City to keep on winning. Yeah, now that you mentioned Leicester, I wanted to say Chelsea, you know? They've been on a bad form. I think they've only won one out of, like, the last four games or something like that. And they've just been struggling, you know? Uh, It comes down to a lot of things as... What's his name? Uh, Tuchel said he's like we got we got COVID cases. I think they have seven COVID cases. They have six or more players that are out for six months. So it's just a lot of struggle for them right now. Yeah, Chelsea and Liverpool dropping points, and then like City, like you guys alluded to, is picking up points everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then uh, on the lower half of the table, you know, Arsenal and Spurs, two teams that didn't really start off the season really well, but. Kind of kicking into a bit of form. Uh, Arsenal getting a nice win over Southampton. Or sorry, Spurs getting a win. A nice win over Southampton. Arsenal kicking off as well. So those are two teams that are really exciting. Um, Chris actually asked me earlier if, who I think would finish higher. And that's just a tough question for me right now. I'm not exactly sure who I'd be confident to say will finish higher. But, you know, I can see them both pushing for top four. And then maybe one of United or Chelsea and Liverpool dropping out with that top four and then finishing up there. Um, but yeah, man, it's just all over the place. Everything's up in the air. That's why I love the Prem. Um, I know City is currently eight points ahead of Chelsea right now, but Spur- I mean, Arsenal, Liverpool have a game in hand, as, as do West Ham. United has two games in hand. Spurs have three games in hand. So, you know, anything can happen in the next few weeks. Um, City, you know, we kind of saw with Chelsea at the beginning of the season how they were so hot for so long, and they now they're in this drought. Maybe the same kind of can happen with City. We'll see. Do you guys see the article that came out today about Lukaku? Yeah. Or not? That was insane. That was an insane interview. 
Does he get dropped? Yeah, I don't think so. Supposedly that interview was, I think, from around three or four weeks ago, and that he's talked to uh, Tuchel as like as recent as like a week ago. So, um, I mean, maybe maybe he does get dropped. But I don't know with their injuries and other stuff. I don't think so. Yeah, and I think you mentioned it a couple of podcasts ago. So how Conte came out and said that. Uh, Tucho wasn't using Lukaku the right way. You know, we see that a lot with him being as a target man, which honestly has been gunning a lot of his goals from headers and set pieces this season. So that kind of alludes to that fact. But no, I think he does better in the in the whole, you know, holding up play, making sure he solidifies, facilitate, what's the word? Facilitate. <laughs> Facilitates other players around him, you know, making sure they can get on the ends of runs and make that final pass. But yeah, I don't know, man. I think... Uh, it's weird, you know, you, you buy a player for so much and you don't really know how to use them, especially mm-hmm. in a similar system to what Quante used at Inter. Yeah. Do you guys believe there's any possibility, you know, with the transfer window coming up, if Lukaku would go to Spurs? Mm, no chance. No way. Especially with Kane in that form. Yeah. I mean, dude, it's so weird because in that in that thing in the interview, he said he's like I. He said he loved Inter and that he loved to go back one day. But I mean, he left Inter for Chelsea because he's like Chelsea's my childhood club. He's like I've loved them the entire time and some other stuff. So it's just I don't know. It's just weird, really weird for me, just to come out and say that stuff. It just makes no sense. Well, I mean, if you you know if you go to a place. You know, like for us, like if we switch jobs, we get our job and it, it's not coming out to our expectations or, or to what we were promised. I might be saying something, the same thing as Lukaku, if I'm being honest. Bro, I mean, we can't really compare ourselves to professional footballers. I mean, dude, their life is completely different from ours. They do things completely different from us, so. That's true, but at the end of the day, it's still a job. They're getting paid to I mean, do something. They're getting paid to perform. So getting paid a lot more than us. Exactly, but we're still getting paid to do a job. It, it's a totally uh-huh. different job. It, it asks for a different skill set, but we're, it's still a job. You're getting paid to do something. Yeah, but I mean, if I was making the amount of money Lukaku was, dude, uh, I'd be happy wherever. <laughs> I mean, it just makes no sense because he left Inter. Because he's like, if it was any other club, I wouldn't have left Inter. But it's Chelsea, the club I've always loved. And then he's like, Inter's in my heart. He's like, I love Inter. I'll return there in one day. So it's just, I don't know. I don't know. I guess it's kind of like hypocritical. It's like, it makes no sense to me. Then he talks about, like, he he kind of forced his move to Chelsea, and then he talks about how, yeah, how the way he left Inter wasn't right and all this stuff, and I was pressurized and all this stuff, and I was just like, it makes no sense. It's like, it just, it just makes no sense to me. It was, I guess, just the timing of the interview to release it is just not good, because Chelsea's going through quite a bit right now, so I guess that's what I don't like. But Chelsea's not my team. I don't care for them right now. So the last point I want to talk about in the Prem, uh, last point I want to talk about at least, is uh, Man United, because they got a nice victory, looking like they're picking up steam, looking like they're getting acclimated to Ralph Ragnick and his tactics. So that's pretty cool. Um, although I know you're a big fan of Man United. What did you make of the nice 3-1 result? Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to watch today. I just saw the highlights just a little bit ago. Um, maybe I, I might watch the whole match replay if, if I have time. But what is that? so far... Did you... <laughs> yeah, what? Go on. Uh, you were saying something. Go ahead. No, I was just calling you a sim. <laughs> oh my god, uh, this guy, this guy. It's not my fault. You don't know what true love is. <laughs> Damn. Damn, that would cut. That would cut deep. But either way. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. I mean, these last couple of matches with with Ralph Finn. Um, kind of a tough start. Last game against Newcastle, it was you know horrendous. 
And then a lot of things did get stopped with some of those uh, games that were postponed. But I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing. Uh, hopefully, we were able to change the whole dynamic. Um, I'm glad to see Cavani's back in, in you know in the side. He he definitely gives that type of pressure that Raph, uh that Ralph is looking for up top when it comes to the strikers. So good to see him back. But what do you think of uh, I don't know if you saw but Gary Neville. Did you see the comments he made? Uh, the one where he was criticizing Bruno and Ronaldo. Oh yeah, like I think when they when they ran. He said that they just yeah. He said that they've been doing it for like three months now or some crap. And he just he's like he's like regardless of the result, he's like you should always go and appreciate the away fan. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Uh, I guess I don't know. Uh, it's hard to say. If you put yourself in the fair shoes, you know they were probably frustrated that. The game finished in a tie where opportunities could have been on your way. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I agree with Gary. Uh, you always have to go and show your appreciation to fans, you know, say thank you. Again, that's why that's why this game, you know, is, is loved and endeared by many people for that reason, you know, because of the fans, the way they play, and, and everybody that watches and spectates. Yeah, but he also... Uh... He criticized them. I think it was more Ronaldo than Bruno, but he said that they just, he's like, anything that goes bad, like he's like a bad pass or anything, he's like, they just throw their hands up in there. He's like, and they get frustrated and they look back like at the players as if saying these guys aren't good enough. He's like, he's like, how do you expect to, like, he's like, in a team with a lot of youngsters, he's like, how do you expect them to improve if, like, you're ju- practically, like, judging them, like, everything that goes wrong or doesn't go your way, which, I mean, it's true. I mean, at least the few games I've watched of United, you know, anytime something goes wrong, like they pass it a bit long or the pass doesn't go to Ronaldo how he wants it, he just throws his hands in there and kind of like looks at him like, what the fuck is that? Like, do better. But, I don't know. Yeah, and, and that's why I'm saying that I'm glad to have Cavani back. Because um, he's, he's not really like that, you know. He... Uh, Chris talked about a couple of episodes ago, you know, of that run he made against the Villarreal in that Champions League game. You know that it's that's exactly what happened. You know, they gave, they try to give a pass to Ronaldo. Ronaldo just you know flipped up his hands, shouted back at the player. Um, but as Ronaldo was doing that, Cavani was doing something that actually benefited the team. He went to go get the ball back. So, which is why Messi is the goat. <laughs> so I'm not gonna get into that argument right now. Uh, that's that's just a whole other episode on its own. But but yeah, that's that's why I'm glad to see Cavani back. So hopefully Ronaldo can learn something from Cavani uh, when it comes to something like that. Because because like Gary said, even though with all he's done, all he's won, even though he's come back, you still have to lead by example. Dude, and I just want to sneak this in before uh, these other guys talk, but um, Harry Maguire is garbage. You guys got, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, dude, you guys got stiffed for $80 million. He is complete garbage. I don't know how he's your captain, but... Uh, bro, what you mean? Yeah, uh, my team of the year. Bro, he is garbage. Like, he is just... Like, there's no word in the laugh, man. I, I'm honestly joking. I was expecting to laugh. Oh, you okay? Just because you're you're such like a United fan that I actually believe you would put him in there. You just support your team that much. Actually, put him in. But I I do, but but I know where I know where there's needs needs improvement in that fucking squad. I don't think I would put Maguire on my team of the year, but I want to go back and talk about Cavani. Do you think Cavani and Ronaldo fit together, playing together in the same team, or do you think it's one one or the other? No, I I think they fit really well. They've they've been showing it uh, in those games that they've played together. You know, uh, look at the way they played uh, when when they went against Spurs. You know, it was just so so fluid. You know, just like the video game says, liquid football. You know, just up top. Uh, so I really I think Cavani compliments Ronaldo the way he wants to be complimented. Um, 
you know, because Cavani, he's, ex he's an experienced player, so he knows how to get these balls, you know, to him. Uh, he's also a very committed player, so he makes those runs when Ronaldo uh, doesn't want to press or, or can't press or whatever. So they complement each other uh, in that way. You know, Ronaldo, I guess that's why he doesn't press or, or commit too much yeah. because he wants to have those explosive runs more later in the game. And they comp to me, they just complement each other. So I hope to keep uh, see that going. Do you wish to keep like them playing together even at the expense of Bruno not playing? See, I would like to rough to figure out a way to have Bruno in there. Yeah. Because Bruno Bruno adds even more. Um just because of his high risk passes, his you know, his commitment off the ball as well. Uh, I've been seeing Bruno kind of start pressing how he pressed when he recently came in. You know, high energy, high intensity. Obviously, fatigue came in the way a little bit, so he kind of stacked there. But he's coming back to that. Um, so I think figuring out a way where you have the experience and the commitment of Cavani, Ronaldo, and Bruno, it can, it can do, you know, wonders for them. And they have to show the youngsters, too, because they're going to be surrounded by youngsters. You know, they're going to figure out a way to get Rashford, to get Greenwood, and to get Sancho within the those three as well. I don't know how, but they have to also learn to communicate to those youngsters. Yeah, I think Man United have a really good squad, but it's just, for me, it's always been that midfield, too, of McFred that really don't. Um, elevate that team as much as they could. Bro, McTominay played out of his skin today. What do you mean? I agree, but he needs to be, yeah. needs to be playing it's, like that every game. It's almost like he played better without Fred. <laughs> it's because that's the thing. I think just right now, with Ralph coming in, you know, we are starting to get a bit more of that defensive direction when it comes to playing philosophy. Um. You know, I like all of the bits, but yeah, he he just wasn't towards the end of his of his tenure. He just wasn't there. Ralph was bringing in, you know, that clear sense of direction, just like a lot of players were saying. So, um, he, it's all about time at right now. So, we just have to kind of like wait and see. Yeah. All right, guys. Should we move on to uh, transfers as? January season is, you know, I think it's fully underway now. You know, there's a lot of rumors. We have some done deals already. So shall we transition to that? You start with the biggest one? Yeah, might as well. Let's start with the biggest one, which is obviously a confirmed deal already. Uh, Barcelona somehow splashed, what was it, 50, 55 million euros? Add-ons. With add-ons on Ferran Torres. You know, I'm pretty excited about it, being a Barca fan myself. Um, really looking forward to having him on the front line with, Fati and Depay and whoever we have, honestly, because there's some other transfers we want to talk about later. But no, I mean, he definitely elevates the squad to a whole nother level. And I guess Xavi was the real turning point for him in this move. You know, he wanted to play under Xavi, play for Barcelona. He wanted a chance to shine and play more as a central striker. So he's going to have that at Barca. So, so what do you think? Of, what do you make of the transfer? Well, it's a good transfer. But, I mean, I feel like maybe we overpaid a little. But, um, yeah, it's a good transfer. I mean, I think it's what Barca needs. You know, Barca needs uh, someone that that's clinical for that finishing, which uh, Haran in these in the Euros and beginning of the season before he got injured with City, that's what he was showing that he was he could be clinical. But yeah, I think it's a good signing. I think he'll slot in with Barca. Uh, yeah, I just think it's a good signing. Nothing more to say. I really it's a good signing. So sadly, at least what I've been reading is the fact that Barca has to sell at least one player to get them off uh, their wages and their bill in order to register Ferran for the for the new year. So, uh, you know, there's obviously a lot of dead wood, dead weight that we want to, you know, move on, but they're stubborn. <laughs> so not sure how much would happen. But, uh, I mean, there's talks. I want to get your opinion on this, too. So we'll talk about Morata possibly coming in in January. Or over the summer, maybe it's a swap deal with Depay. Not sure how I feel about that. Uh, Dembele, 
I think it's clear that he wants to leave the club now as well because he won't, they won't pay him the wages he demands. So yeah, there's quite a few people that can leave the club, but I'm not sure if they're the right people to leave, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it was rumored that, you know, Barca's going to cancel uh, Luke de Jong's loan. They're going to also send Demir back to, I think, I forget what club he plays for. I think it's like Vienna or something. They're going to send him back. And then all of that, plus uh, they plan to renew Dembele with, like, lower wages, that, that all three of those things were going to be enough to be able to register for Ron. But, you know, obviously things change because it seems Dembele wants a lot more money than I think he deserves. Um, but yeah, now apparently, I mean, apparently they're also interested in selling Dest, but Dest isn't interested in leaving. Um, the one that I am hopeful for is, uh, what's his name? Oh, what's his name? What's his name? Um, Coutinho, because he said he's, it says Coutinho uh, by some of our tier one reporters at Barca. Uh, it says that he's finally like starting to accept the idea that if he, uh, that he might that he might have to leave Barca because he wants to make the the squad for Brazil's world, for the World Cup for Brazil, and he says that it's he's finally like accepting the idea that he's not gonna get any more time at Barca. He's not gonna play there anymore, so that he's finally accepting it that he might leave and that he has interest from a lot of clubs in uh, the Premier League. Uh, among those is Everton and Arsenal. The, ones I've heard the most, but then it's also a Brazilian club, I think, Lamengo, that were interested in him as well, so here's to hoping one of them can leave. I mean, Umtiti, they said that they might, if he doesn't leave, it wasn't by someone reliable, but I say like tier two or three, but they said Umtiti doesn't leave this transfer window, they're terminating his contract because they're just done with him, and honestly, I can't blame them, I mean, they've been trying for, I think, like two, three years to sell him now, and he just keeps saying no, so I mean, can't blame them. Yeah. And then there's... Morata, yeah. I don't want him anywhere near this club. I do think he's trash. That's like the first... Yeah. ...by uh, Xavi that I disagree with. I'm like, we don't need him. Like, we don't need another forward that misses chances or that when he does happen to score, he's offside. Like, we just don't need that at this club. Like, I don't understand why we want him. I really don't see anything positive that he brings. I mean... He's known for missing, that's it. Like, he's not known cl- as a clinical striker or nothing. He's known for his misses. Like, every every club he's went to, Chelsea, uh, Juve, Atletico Madrid. So, you can, like, there's a compilation of him just missing chances for those clubs. So, but yeah, I don't want him anywhere near the club. And then there's some other free transfers that we're possibly looking at. Not for the Jan- not for January, obviously, but in the summer. Uh, Andreas Christensen. Really exciting. I would love to see him in a Barca shirt. And uh, who was the other Chelsea? Aspilicueta. Yeah, he's been rumored a lot with Chelsea as well, or with Barcelona as well. Not sure how I feel about that. You know, it's kind of like getting another PK on the squad, if you ask me. (laughs) Yeah, well, with Aspi, I read that, um, what's it called? By someone pretty reliable, they said that he had already agreed terms with Barca and that the only thing that could stop him from going to Barca was. I think pers- if like personal problems came up or something like that, but that he already had a agreement in principle with Barca to join them in the summer. So that one seems kind of like a done deal. But in my opinion, if we get Aspilicueta, I really, I really, I don't know if you see it the same, but I, I, I really don't see any point in renewing Sergio Roberto. You know, we got a stacked midfield, and then the right back position would be covered, or right wing back position would be covered, so I really would see no point in keeping Sergio Roberto. I mean, I see no point in keeping him now, but, <laughs> you know, I don't like, I don't think he should be anywhere near Barca, just like Morata, but... Well, his contract's out of, is out in the summer 2022, so hopefully, you know, we don't renew it and someone picks up a one free. Um, so, from one... No, Sergio... What? Sergio Roberto's contract runs out this summer. Oh, that's what I said, 2022. Oh, damn, bro. Stupid. I thought 2022. I was like, bro, that's like another two years. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. <laughs> yeah, it's creeping up on us. Um, So, from Barca's, or from one La Liga team to another, Real Madrid, not really a lot to talk about them, Um, besides Antonio Rivera. I mean, I know he's not really happy at Chelsea, wanting more wages. Uh, and Real Madrid actually, surprisingly, has now come in with... uh. 
potential favorites for for Rudiger to sign him, and which honestly that could be a good deal for them. Honestly, honestly, I'll be honest. I don't know if we all agree, but I think Rudiger is a product of the system he plays at Chelsea. I don't think he's that good of a center back. I think, I think he's a product of the system at Chelsea, but I don't think he's gonna be good at Real Madrid. If I'm being honest. Yeah, and then um, I mean the other only really confirmed deal that I've seen so far is Rafinha going to Real Sociedad on loan, which uh, could be pretty good for him. I mean, I think similar to Coutinho, he wants to make the Brazil squad for the World Cup. So we'll see what happens there. Rafinha, the Barca player? No, the PSG player. <laughs> oh, the now PSG player. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Instead of the Leeds player. Right. But speaking of that, Rafinha, I mean, <laughs> what's he rumored to Bayern Munich? Yeah. Have you guys seen those rumors? I think it's because uh, Coleman is supposedly, he doesn't want to renew. So they got to replace him somehow. But speaking of Bayern, have you all seen the stuff that has been coming out about them? About what? Let me find the article real quick. But uh, supposedly they're under investigation for doing some pretty uh, whack stuff. Like shady business deals? Not shady business deals, but um, it says there's criminal proceedings against the buyer and board of directors because of possible minimum wage um, offenses. Um, so I guess they were like, uh, I can't find it. That was a good article on it this morning, but supposedly they were paying, I think, their some of their youth staff, I think, like 450 euros a week for like, I think, 120 hours of work or something like that. And that's just... That's whack as fuck. That's, that's just really ridiculous. Yeah, but they were under investigation for some other stuff. So, yeah, you know, everyone thinks they're the... Good guys of football, you know that they do everything right, but it turns out they might actually be just another POS team. Frauds. Especially a team as big as Bayern with as much revenue that they bring in. That's disgraceful. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. All right, guys, I'm going to run through some quick fire rumors real quick before we get on to Man United because there's a lot to talk about them. Wait. Are we going to talk about Bellamore or not? The what? About Bellamore or not? Are we just going to say he's garbage? Yeah, he's garbage. <laughs> Any team he'll go to, he'll be transported to in an ambulance, so it's all right. I hope he gets injured in his last six I, months with Mars. And then they just I hope to God he doesn't go United way. I think he'll go to the United after Mbappe. Bro, United, Newcastle and United are two of the teams that have been confirmed to approach him. I don't think Newcastle are two. Yeah. Dembele. Oh, no, no, please, no. Yeah, but suppose, supposedly PSG, he's waiting for PSG's offer since you know they can overpay him like shit. And since Mbappe is going to probably leave, but yeah, yeah, I doubt it. I think he's going to go to New
But yeah, I mean, we talked about Premier League clubs, although you've been quiet, so I'm going to hit you with some Man United rumors. So apparently Martial, he wants to leave. Uh, had everything agreed with Sevilla, except for the wage that they were going to pay him. Apparently United doesn't want to pay any of their wages. Um, they're only looking to pay half. And then what the hell is going to go on with Pogba is another question. And XL to Zabi, rumored to go to Napoli on loan. How do you feel about those rumors, Aldo? Well, Marcel can leave. I've mentally parted ways with him already. Um, Wait, let me tell you this about Marquinhos real quickly, because I heard Sevilla was interested, but that United, I don't think he's going to leave because I think what United is asking for is ridiculous because supposedly Sevilla was going to just take him on loan and pay half his wages, but United want a loan fee plus all of his wages covered, and I think Aaron's a good amount, so I don't think any. That's I don't think he's gonna leave you guys this this transfer window. Sadly, I mean I don't think so either. But I think it's better for him. It's better for the whole team for him to leave. What oh, about Martial is I don't know what position he plays best in. Like I think he's honestly a best left winger, but a lot of people think he's a really good striker. Maybe he can play good like in a front too. I don't know. I think left wing spot's good for him. Um, I said it a couple podcasts ago. I think he'd be really good at Lyon, you know, with yeah. Marseille, a team like that. Newcastle. Newcastle. <laughs> Honestly, I feel, I feel like I feel like the change of scenery is going to do him well. And United fans are just going to be pissed because they're going to be like, why the fuck can he play like this for United? Because I, I really do think a change of scenery is going to do him really well. Yeah, but and honestly, I think why he wasn't able to kind of really click at United. I mean, just look at when he first came, uh, came to the club. You know, he he was young, and then Louis Van Gaal trusted him with the number nine shirt, and he he performed really well, like really really well in his first season. Then they fired Van Gaal. They got Mourinho. What was the first thing Mourinho did? Gave what was the first thing he did? Yes, which is number. Yeah. So not only did he switch his number, he he bought that striker. Specifically because he didn't trust Marshall. So he bought a striker he trusted, gave him his number, and gave him the number 11 and switched his position. Okay. I, to me, that's like strike two. And then uh, I think strike three was, you know, earlier this, uh, uh, this other season. No, sorry. Strike one was when Mourinho fined him like two weeks wages because he left to go, you know, witness the birth of his son. I don't know if you guys knew that, but yeah, Mourinho did that. And I guess, yeah, everything's just kind of been like a bad, bad taste in Marshall's mouth, even though he had a, a, a really good uh, season, not last season, but the one before that. You guys want to know what I think is the craziest transfer potential done deal that I've seen floating around the past few days? Have you guys seen the rumors of Lorenzo Insigne agreeing to join oh, Toronto yeah. FC at the end of the season? The new Gio Inco. I didn't. I didn't know that. Yeah. Is he joining in January? No, in the summer after oh. his contract expires. His contract expires. Is he thirty now? He's like that. Was he like thirty-three? Oh damn! I thought he was younger. He's he's up there. He's up there. Yeah. That I don't know. I thought he could. I thought he could have contributed more on a to another club in Europe, but. It, I mean, they're playing him, like, what, 12 million euros a year just to play for him in Canada, so another... Dang, yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? Especially, I mean, at, at this stage in your career, you know, that's probably the last big paycheck you're going to get, so might as well take it. Yeah, they're going to offer him 11 million a year, which is, I think, I think, what's the name, Napoli was only offering, uh, I think, 7 or 8 million a year. And, you know, as you said, it, I think it's a five-year contract, so, you know, it's like, Dude, it's probably his last payday, so. Yeah. And can't really fault the guy. At this point in his career, he probably just wants to secure the bag, so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I still think he had, like, a couple years at the top flight left. It, you know what this does do is uh, it opens the door for Chucky to be a starter now, almost undisputed. I don't know. It's just weird because, to me, he's still world-class. You know, you can put him in, like, a Real Madrid, a Barcelona, a Man City, and he'd still perform really, really well. You know, normally when we see these players go to MLS or Liga Mekis, they're at the twilight of their career and they're not, they're kind of down, not performing as well. 
But this guy, he's still like world class. I, I don't know, man. Toronto's gonna win the next MLS Cup. I'm calling it right now. Yeah, but okay. I I think it's just securing his financial future. I think that's it. Like it's his last payday. You know, I think he's satisfied with what he's done in Europe and he's just like, It's my last payday. So he'll just go because there ain't no club in Europe gonna offer him eleven million a year. Yep. So I just think he's just securing his financial future. But, you know, nothing wrong with that. But yeah. you know, I'd hope he would have stayed in Europe. So now that we're on this side of the of the ocean, do you guys want to talk about other transfers or rumors going on over north of the border, over Mexico? Yeah, well, I want to have a So I just read the article like that the sporting director for Bayer Leverkusen shut down the Acevedo transfers. Dude, yeah. But I was when I first heard about that rumor, I was like, "Oh, that that would be a good move," you know, because he has to go to Europe. Yeah, I think I think he's done enough in in Mexico. I, you know, for for his future, I really think he has to go to Europe if he wants to go to that next level. Yeah, and so we'll set it up. Few podcasts ago, how me- players in Mexico reach the limit and they need to move to Europe, otherwise they just stagnate. We saw that with Gallardo and uh, other players recently, but they just stay. Rodriguez. Yeah, dude, and that's what pisses me off because I saw this one post by Dudene, you know, Mexico's like uh, Fox Sports equivalent, um, how they're all excited and bragging about look at all these stars from the past Olympics and where they're moving on. Johan Vasquez is the only player that went to Europe. Whether and then Sebastian Cordova moved to Tigres. Um, Antuna is rumored to go to Cruz Azul. Alvarado is going to Chivas. It's like, and they're proud of these players, quote unquote, going to bigger clubs in Mexico. Charlie Rodriguez rumored to go to Cruz Azul as well. But it's like that. There's no progression there. I don't see enough progress where you go from one lowering to mid table team in Mexico to you know one of the best two or three teams in Mexico. There's no progress made there, if any. So I think they just need to go to Europe and. That Acevedo moved to, to Europe, that would have been really nice. But like you said, although it's just a shame it didn't happen. Yeah. yeah. But hopefully another club out there, you know, needs a keeper. <clears throat> Spurs. Yeah, it just sucks, dude. Seeing all these Mexican players just... Because if you look at the difference, like if you see, like, uh, I remember those comparison between the... the Who was it? I think they faced Japan, where they won 3-1 in the third place game, right? Yeah. Yeah, and they were like comparing the teams, and they was like showing like most of that Japan team had moved to a team in Europe. Meanwhile, most of uh, Mexico's team had just stayed in uh, Mexico, which is it's just sad to see, man. It really is. I mean, it sucks. I mean, we we know better than any anyone do that all these teams all in Mexico they care about is money. So it just sucks to see, man. It really does. Like. I was hoping more of them would move, but, you know. What do you guys think? You don't see a lot of these Mexican players moving to Europe. Mexico pays well. Yeah. <laughs> but do they really pay better yeah. than Europe? Yeah. I mean, actually. I mean, especially because offered it more than any other European team. Mm. Yeah, dude, like a lot of these players, like, they get offered more money than what, you know, a European team would offer them at this stage of their career, but. That's why Guignac just sucks. Years, bro. Yeah. Yeah. So Florian Falvan, that's why he went too, because they offered him a ridiculous amount that no other European team was going to offer him, and he knew that, and that's why he went. Yeah. I didn't and, think Mexican teams had the money for, like, for that. I didn't know they had the financial pull to dissuade players from leaving Europe. Well, they do. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they they, they definitely do, but I think. To kind of answer Chris's question, yeah, it, it does come down to kind of comfort for the players. Yeah. They're comfortable there. They're in their comfort zone, you know, especially if they have a starting role. You know, they're in a culture where they've been all their life. Mm-hmm. They they don't have to learn a different language or potentially learn a different language because unless you go to Spain, uh-huh. um, they don't want to think they they're just so comfortable within our culture which don't get me wrong i love our culture but we also have to figure out a way to embrace those challenges you know like yo okay i'm gonna 
go play Italy, okay, fine, I'll start learning some Italian, you know, trying to get into that culture. Or else you'll just never branch out. Bro, like Chicharito said, he said, tenemos que hacer cosas chingonas. We should, we should just be going, dude. It just, it really disappoints me, man, because just seeing all these players that have, like, a lot of potential just staying in La Liga and Mekis, dude, a league that, in my opinion, will never be at the level of, uh, any European league, not even any South American league. I think they're, I think right now at the moment they're the best league in North America, but I think that's all they'll ever reach. They won't ever have reached South America's uh, level or North, or Europe's level. And it's so, even sadder when you yeah. watch that north of the border and you see players like Ricardo Pepe, um, Castellanos, you know, um, these players always getting touted with a, room to, with a move to Europe and then North of the border or south of the border is just they're getting touted to room to teams that are slightly bigger than the team they're currently at. So, yeah, I saw. Uh, I guess it was a meme, but it was also kind of true. Well, I thought I, it like it was. I, I thought it was kind of true. They're like our only hope of having European players in the and the Mexican national team is hoping these uh Mexican American players in the U.S. that get sold to Europe to uh decide to go for Mexico instead of the United States, which. I mean, at this point, that really feels like that's our only hope. It's just hoping these dual nationals declare for Mexico instead of the United States if we want European players because, you know, these greedy Mexican clubs, all they care about is money. So, yeah, sad reality. And I think that would be a tough ask considering there's so many young American players coming up at the moment. I mean, yeah, and then you also take to go play for Mexico when you could, do, when you could play like – with some European, with American players that are playing in Europe. Yeah, I mean, you have to, yeah, and you also have to take it to the account the fact that a lot of the Mexican players don't like, uh, well, not Mexican players, but a lot of Mexicans don't like uh, dual nationals either. Like, you know, they refer to them as bochos and stuff like that, and they just, in general, look uh, look down at them. They're like, you're not a true Mexican. They're like, you, you don't represent our colors and all this stuff, so. Yeah, I think it's going to be hard. You know, I think eventually Mexico's just going to fall behind and it's just going to suck, you know? I think they already have. Uh, I mean, they I've have. said this before. They've already fallen behind for me. Um, you know, besides Johan Vasquez, who was, uh, you know, I guess not Johan Vasquez, but like for you guys, who's been the last successful uh, Mexican player in Europe? Bro, that's a great question. You got to go back a few probably years. Probably Chucky or Edson. Yeah, Alvarez. probably Chucky after he left Pachuca. No, I'd say Edson right. is more successful. He's had more domestic su- success. Yeah. Well, just uh-huh. more successful, be- you know, being in another country. Being, I'd have being to... around in, in different fo- styles of football. Dude, it'd have to be Chicharito, bro. Like, what he accomplished, he played for Man United and Real Madrid, dude. And he did really good in Germany at Leverkusen. I mean, I don't I don't think any other Mexican player has accomplished that. I mean, Hugo Sanchez had was really good with Real Madrid, but that was it. I mean, Chicharito's played for two of the top clubs in all of Europe and United and Real Madrid, so. Then if you want to go back. I have to go with him. Rafa Marquez. Rafa that Marcus was decades ago, though. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but like, just back. just in just in recent times, like just in recent times, yeah. I I agree with you guys. Chicharito was probably you know the Re- last great success over at at Europe for Mexico. Uh, yeah. For USA, they've been having a lot more. Recently. They have a lot more. I mean, not really success. I mean, Pulisic, never mind. Pulisic won the fucking Champions League, never mind. Right. And that's been recently. And then we, you know, we had the likes of Weston McKinney coming up with Schalke and then moving to another big club in Juventus. While at the same time, with someone around their age, we have Mexican player just moving from Chivas to America. Yeah, it's disappointing. You know. So they, they've definitely already fallen behind. Let's just hope they get back to that saddle. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to hit them in the face till 
I think till they start losing money, honestly. I feel like if they don't start losing money, they're not going to care. They're going to be like, the money's coming in. We're good, but The only possibility is if we miss the World Cup, that might wake them up. They might be like, we missed the World Cup. Like, we have to do something so it doesn't happen again, but even then, I doubt it. Like, as long as the money keeps coming, I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to care. All right, guys, so to wrap things up on this podcast, we're going to, each of us have prepared a team of the year, um, our own team of the year, to our own liking, you know, from the calendar year, January to December, um, from all leagues across Europe, or around the world, honestly, so we're going to provide those to you guys now, and uh, you guys can get at us on Twitter for how much our teams suck, so... Aldo, I'll start with you, man, because I'm kind of excited to see your team. Yeah, man. You know, always Coach Aldo always got to pick those teams. But I think y'all are going to get surprised by my first pick. Uh, I think my, my team of the year is really well-rounded when it comes to, to the world. Um, you know, first pick at goalkeeper, I got Acevedo. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> That guy's just—he's been really good. Sure, he got injured for for a while, but he I still came back strong. <laughs> he got he got his first cop to the Mexican team, um, so that's my pick for goalkeeper. And then I got a back four. I got Shaw's left back, Luke Shaw. That is, um, sure he fell off after the Euros, but still. Uh, before the Euros happened, he finished the season, you know, the last season in a great run of form, continued through the Euros, got to the final, scored the goal in the final. Unfortunately, he, you know, him and England couldn't seal the deal, but they were just right there. They were close. So I got to put Shaw in there. Uh, next to him, I got Ruben Diaz. It pains me to say, but yeah, I got a Manchester City uh, player on there. Um. What can I say? That guy's just been a warrior for Portugal and Man City. Uh, he's done real well in the Prem, uh, even though when a lot of people were starting to doubt him, he, he kind of pulled for his team. Uh, then I got Chiellini. I mean, what can I say? That guy's just a warrior. You know what? He's like, what, 36 now? Something like that. And he's still Boston in the Euros. Uh, he, he did really well domestically as well. So that, that for me has got to be Kelini. And then next to him, I got Can, Cancelo, Cancelo, whatever you want to say. It. Uh, another City player, but Cancelo has just been bombing it. Everyone, again, was kind of doubting his transfer when he came from Juventus. But, man, he popped up. Popped up real well. Um, then I got kind of like, a, you know, reverse diamond three in the middle. Uh, I got Conte, just as the anchor. What you know, that guy's just everywhere. So there's no way you can't have content in a team, especially when he, in his late run of form at the Champions League to to get Chelsea that that good old Orejona. Then I got De Bruyne and Bruno Fernandez, uh, kind of sharing, you know, left center mid, right center mid on there. Bruno has just been amazing since he's gotten to United. Obviously, his recent run of form hasn't been, you know, the Bruno that we know and love, but he's still done great things there. Um, then we got the Bru- the Bruyne. The Bruyne always has that killer pass, so I just have to have that combination between the Bruyne and Bruno there. You know, that way they can be the Bruno. Then I get right wing as Salah. Yeah. Uh, that guy, man. Ooh, he's he's just killing it. Uh, I thought his best season when was his first one when he came to Liverpool. Bro, he's killing it right now. This is obviously going to be his personal best. So I got to have Salah in there. Um, striker, of course, Lewandowski. That guy's just been phenomenal. He he broke his personal best when it comes to goals scored in a calendar year. For both uh, club and country, uh, or between club and country, something like that. Um, but yeah, he got what was it sixty nine goals. So gotta have him there. And then as left wing, even though he doesn't really play there anymore, I still got Ronaldo. You know that guy's just been showing it. You know that age that is, is still kind of like a number, and 
he's still getting all all these goals. He's coming in clutch. Um, so we got to have him on there as well. All right, I guess I'll go next. Um, full disclosure, y'all, there is no formation or tactics at all in this team. I just fit the best 11 players that I thought were the 11 best this year into one team. So don't judge me. It's kind of like when the FIFA Ballon d'Or teams roll out and you see like Hazard playing as in a midfield three. It's, it's kind of it's gonna it's gonna be kind of like that. So my goalkeeper had to pick Mendy, Eduard Mendy from Chelsea. Um, I think there's like three or four good goal yeah good goalkeepers that we could have picked this year. Oblak, Courtois, De Gea in the later stages of the season played really well. Donnarumma, but I just had to give it to Mendy. He's the feel good story keeper of the year. Um, no, Neuer. Neuer, you don't think he was up there? Oh, he's pretty good, yeah. But you know, it's still Mendy for me. And then center backs, I think there's at least one center back that's going to be in all of our teams, and that's uh, Ruben Diaz. He's just been world-class this whole year, arguably the best player in the Premier League last season, so he's got to be in there. And then my other center back pairing is kind of controversial. You know, I could have gone with Marquinhos um, or uh, any other center back, but I've gone with David Alaba because he was just world-class for two different teams this whole year. You know, at first with Bayern, and now with uh, Real Madrid, he's really keeping them up there. He can play left back as well, so he's He's in there. And then left back, it's a player that can play either left or right back. Joel Cancelo, he's been really well for City this year as well. And then right, I have to go with uh, Hakimi, another player that's played really well for two teams this year. First with Inter, and he was really crucial for Inter, getting that Scudetto, and now PSG. And then this is where it gets kind of tricky, guys. So two midfielders that are just established midfielders that are in there for me are Kimmich and Kante. I think Aldo already mentioned how Kante has just been so influential for Chelsea, especially in the Champions League. So he's got to be in there. And Kimmich's just been world-class all year long. And then I guess no particular order here, but my other midfielder would have to be Mohamed Salah, just because he is the most offensive out of all the attackers I have. Um, then we get to the front three, and I'm pulling a bit of a Juan Carlos Osorio when he used to manage Mexico back in the days, back when he played Chicharito, Jimenez, and Peralta all in the front three. While I'm putting... Holland, Lewandowski, and Benzema all in the front three. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I said, no really tactics or formation, anything, but just 11 really good players that played really well for me this year. Uh, Chris, what about you, man? Yeah, I think my 11 is going to be full of Chelsea and Man City players. Um, to start off in goalkeeper, this one's pretty tough. I think most goalkeepers, just, they don't do much uh, shot stopping. I think it's all an organization of the defense that does most of the shot stopping work, but I'm going to go with Ederson just because he offers something different than the rest of the players. The man city fan picks Ederson. (laughs) Yep. Well, my center back pairing, I would go with Aspilicueta on one side and Ruben Diaz on the other. I think uh, if there's one guy that shows and bleeds blue, like Chelsea, it's Aspilicueta. And you can't think of Espelicueta without thinking of Chelsea and vice versa. I think for my fullback positions, I got to have Reese James on the right. He's had an amazing year. I think he's really stepped up in that England right back position. Him and Trent are going to be fighting for that position for the rest of their careers. And it's going to be good for that team. And on the left back position, I have João Cancelo. I think he's been really amazing playing on that left-back position under Pep, and he's really transformed what it means to be a fullback in a in a Pep system. Moving on to midfield, I think Conte gets in there. As I said before, this is going to be Chelsea and Man City squad only, pretty much. Uh, in front of him, I have Mason Mount. He assisted that Champions League final goal for Kai Havertz, and he's been he's been amazing ever since Frank Lampard promoted him to the first team. And next to him, I got Bernardo Silva. It would have been Kevin De Bruyne if he was consistent this whole season, but we've seen him injured. He's had COVID. He's had a bunch of other small stuff going on. So I'd gone, I'd gone with Bernardo this time. Um, up top, you got to have Mo Salah on the right side. And I think this guy gets a lot of hate for, for whatever reason, but Benzema is that striker for me. I think if Real Madrid lost him, they would be nowhere near where they are now in the table. And I think he really helped them uh, not fall fall behind after Ronaldo left. I think Benzema has really shown ever since Ronaldo has left that he 
he's still the man for the job. On that left wing position, it's kind of tough. Um, I'm thinking maybe Chiesa. We've shown what he can do in the Euros, and I think now that Ronaldo's gone, I think he's going to be the main man for Juventus for the time being. And yeah, that's my squad. All right, so we'll bring it home. All right, so my team of the year. All right, so I'll start off at goalkeeper. Um, you know, there's a lot of good goalkeepers this year. You know, Neuer, uh, Mendy, as Christian already mentioned, but I went with uh, Donnarumma. Uh, just, you know, I just think he's been immense for club and country. So, yeah, I went with Donnarumma. Uh, someone I do want to give a shout-out to, you know, someone a bit less that people wouldn't have considered uh, is Emmy Martinez. That guy's been immense for club and country. And, you know, what he's managed to do at Austin Villa, especially with, like, uh, what I would say is not – I wouldn't say it was a good defense. He managed to keep uh, – I think he was out there in top three clean sheets for the Premier League. So, yeah, yeah just give him a quick shout-out. El, el Vivo. And then, you know. Fan favor, especially because of the celebrations and antics after penalties. But uh, defense, uh, you know, as you said, we were all going to have someone here. But I don't have him. I went with Kalini and Militao. Yeah, to me, Militao has just, dude, he's just, ever since he came into the Real Madrid team, he's just been solid. Just so, like, he took that position, and he hasn't let go of it since then, dude, and he just has been improving. No, I'm just playing. Uh, he does deserve a shout-out, though. He took that position. You know, I'm a Barca fan, but, dude, he took that position, and he hasn't let go. But my center-back pairing is Diaz and Chiellini. And then left-back, left-back, I went with uh, Cancelo. You know, he's just been tremendous, you know. He can he can do everything. Um. Especially, he helps a lot in the attacking phase as well, but right back. Uh, I went with Kyle Walker, you know. His name's not mentioned a lot among the, among, uh, like, in the media or anything. But, you know, what they say the lesser names mentioned, the, the better it is. Because, you know, he just doesn't put a foot wrong. Like, the whole Euros, I think he was the best right back. And to me, he is, I wouldn't say the best right back in the world. But this past year, he's been, he was the best right back. You know, he just, he wasn't mentioned a lot, but he didn't put a foot wrong. Yeah, he's just solid. Uh, my midfield, uh, I went with Gante, you know. everyone. I think one of the most obvious choices, Gante had a tremendous season, midfielder of the year by UEFA. I think he won man of the match for, like, I want to say three, four straight matches in a row in the Champions League. And then my other midfielders, uh, I went with Modric, uh, you know, just – you know, solid as usual, you know. And then the other one, a bit con- a bit contra- controversial, um, I went Tony Cruz, you know. Just the pairing of Modric and Cruz always just performs well. So, yeah, and then up top, uh, Lewandowski, you know. He's, he was in everyone's. And, you know, you could argue he deserved the uh, Ballon d'Or of the year. There's arguments for him there. But, yeah, he just had an amazing year. Um, and then the wingers, uh, I went with Messi, you know, I know he hasn't had the, the best second half of the season, but to me, uh, he's still like what he's done throughout the whole year. Uh, he's been amazing, you know, just because he had a, a uh, I say it down like two months, you know, he wasn't that good for two months. Doesn't take away from what he's been able to do the rest of the year. So I still put him there and then. My other winger was uh, Salah, you know, just amazing player, you know. It's not much to say about him, you know. He's just a really good player. He's been really in form. And uh, if Liverpool let him go, they don't feel like paying him, you know, I think it's going to be one of the decisions that comes to them back. But, yeah, that was my team. Uh, another one that's sort of shout-out, you know, Mbappe. He's been really solid as well. Great player. But I think solid just edges him out, in my opinion. Yeah, all our teams were very, very different there. So that's pretty cool to see. Uh, How the hell does that go with us in there, though? <laughs> you, you had me real good. Bro, you got to watch the games one. to know why. Well, that's just outrageous. You can't tell me Acevedo's a better goalkeeper than Neuer. Oh, Mandy. Oh, yeah, he is. Hell, yeah. Hell, no, no. yeah, he is. 
All right, guys. So that does it for this week's episode of FFP. Um, again, apologies for taking the week off, uh, mm-hmm. but we do want to wish everyone and all of our listeners a happy new year. Um, we look to improve on this podcast in the new year, you know, better audio quality, uh, more interesting segments, more interaction with our fans on Twitter. So, uh, yeah, definitely follow us on there if you're not already. And, yeah, we'll see you guys next year. Adios. Guys. Yep. Happy holidays. See you guys uh, in the next one. All right, guys. Yeah. Happy New Year. Uh, next time we talk, it's going to be 2022. So we made it.